Our next guest is an absolutely iconic guitar player. I'm super stoked to talk to him because I have tons of questions. I'm a total gearhead, by the way, so we're going to be talking all kinds of guitars and all kinds of awesomeness. Brand new record called Sinners coming on October 29th. The first single is called Que Pasa featuring Dave Mustaine. Available now where music is sold. Make sure you pre-order this record because it's going to be amazing. Welcome to the show. For the first time ever, there he is, John Five, everybody. Look at him. Thank you for having me. I was going to play like some Kiss like entrance music or something for you, but I didn't have anything lined up. <laughs> Hold on, wait. Oh, there's Mitch. Let's get Mitch into here, and then uh, he'll be able to join into this awesomeness. There we go. Come on, Mitch. So talk about this record just really quickly, because I have a lot more questions I want to get to. Leading up to Sinner, I mean, I want to talk about Educated Horses. The first time I saw you live was the Hellbilly Deluxe 2 tour in Montreal. Uh, you were, I was front row. You threw one of the creature picks at me, hit me in the eye, almost went blind. There's all, all kinds of stuff to touch on. Uh, so let's just talk about Sinner, like, you know, right off the top, because the first single with Dave is incredible. Uh, yes. How do you get Dave Mustaine on a track and write this song? You know, thank you, by the way. Yeah, I have to be like, I'm, I'm so happy and so honored that Dave um, agreed to be a part of this. I had a James Brown sample in there and mm -hmm. at a concert and he was like, can't possibly people can't possibly, you know, and he's talking to the people. And I just thought it was such a cool line, you know, and it's, it's anything, even when James Brown talks, it's funky, you know, and I was like, Oh, that's so cool. But the record company was like, well, we can't use X. We'll get sued and all that stuff. So I was on a Megadeth, Megadeth like crazy, and they said, okay, well, who would you want to have? And I said, Dave. Mm -hmm. the first time I saw Megadeth was so far, so good. So what? And uh, really great. And um, super excited. Like, and I, and I know Dave enough to say hello and how's it going. And we know each other, but I reached out to his assistant and his assistant played in the song and he really dug it. And um, you know, I'm so thankful and so happy that people are digging the song because, you know, so many great things are happening right now and it's instrumental music. I mean, yeah, it, it's just, I'm entertaining these people with the guitar and it's just means the world to me because I just play guitar so much and, and it just makes me so happy. And if I can make some happy, some people happy on the way, I mean, it's, it's incredible. And so I'm, really thankful for all of this yeah and it's so like you know you're a musician for musicians in a way because it's like i see you online and you know wearing your kiss onesie with your masks and just playing with the kill switch and just having like a total blast like a kid in a candy store and like that is inspirational and just like i, I don't even know what the word is it's just like um it makes you feel good like as a musician to see somebody so happy playing their music you know it really is. And why I do that at home, I'll wear like onesies and like all that stuff because for years and years and years and years and years, my mom always bought me the craziest looking pajamas. Mm. Like, I don't know why she did that, but like just for fun, you know, she would just buy me crazy pajamas and, you know, they have both passed on, but I wear that as a comfort, you know, and it's, it's, nice and it's it's fun and so i always thought i'm going to go on instagram and just be exactly who i am at home and because it's a little odd you know it's a little 
um, strange and stuff like that, but I'll live in like these pajamas and I'll sometimes go to like a market or something like that, but in, in them. But I just wanted to be very honest, you know, on social media and, um, and try to inspire some people and play guitar and try to inspire some people on the way. Yeah. I was just listening to the live record because I bought the the limited edition the with the everything when it came out last fall and right. um, there's a lot of kill switch <clears throat> featured on this. Now, I used to think you really got me was the coolest kill switch sounding thing ever and so much ace stuff as well, but I mean, you've taken the kill switch to a completely different level now to the point where it's like it's almost your thing. Like how did that start? Well, I think it started with yeah, um and I'm inspired. I always look for inspiration. Mm-hmm. Right. I would say it started probably with Ace Freely and then, you know, Eddie Van Halen. But then it took it to another level with like Tom Morello mm-hmm. with Toggle Switch and then Buckethead creating these rhythms. And I just thought that was so interesting and creative. You know, I just really, really love that a lot. Um, and that's that's what I did, you know. Just I, I try to create these cool rhythms, and it ain't easy, you know, to no. work at it a lot. I was sitting just in my studio, and I, I got one of the new uh, 5150 Stealth guitars that has a kill switch on it, and I'm trying to play one of those riffs. And so like, it's it's impossible to do it. I don't even know how the hell you do it, or even how you came up with some of those some of those cool licks. They're just so cool. Yeah, it's it's just sitting around, just like you know, just before I was talking to you guys, I just sit around and I play guitar, and that's and that's just what makes me happy. Thank God, you know, I'm I'm able to do what I do. I haven't worked a day in my life, you know, because I'm yeah. So, how do you write songs for an instrumental album? Are you sitting there just like you said, playing guitar, and you come up with a lick? You're like, oh, that could be a good, oh, it's a good melody. That that could be a song, or like, how does how do you write an instrumental record? Yeah. You know, when I first started doing this, I was like, how do you write an instrumental song? It's a very good question because, like, if you sit down and write a song, okay, you have a verse, you have a chorus, you know, you have lyrics, and you have a bridge and a riff and a chord structure. But with instrumental songs, it could be that. It could be, like, even a kind of little symphony, if you will. And it could be anything like that. Like all the songs hundreds of years ago were instrumentals that weren't operas, you know. Right. With how I try to do it, I'm trying to reach like a, a crowd that can hear, hear an instrumental song and go, oh, I really like this. I try to create a cool riff, uh, some exciting guitar stuff, and... Uh, a chorus hook and try to make it the songs are not simple by any means but try to make them that people will hear that and go oh you know what i really like that that's really cool that's that's i can there's a riff there's a chorus and that's how i've always tried to to do it and it's been working for me so far you know and i love my instrumentalists like Steve Vai and Ingve and Paul Gilbert and all these people that right. mm-hmm. written some of the greatest instrumental songs ever. Yeah. And I just try to create a formula, like if it's a zombie song or something like that, create a cool riff, a cool song structure, and put in a really 
great chorus for it too. Hmm. When do you see your sorry, yeah, go ahead, Mitch. I was going to say, since you're doing the instrumental thing now, do you want to get into scoring movies and TV shows and get into that sort of atmospheric behind the scenes kind of stuff as well? I used to do a lot of scoring and I didn't really like it because, <laughs> and to be honest, you know, I never really enjoyed it because what it is, it's, and I've done it a lot, you know, for TV shows and, and movies, right. but they were like, okay, well, you don't want to distract the crowd, you know, the audience. You don't want right. to, you don't want to like, you know, take away the attention from the movie. And I thought to myself, you know, of course they're right. Absolutely right. And I'm like, well, wait a minute, isn't this, I'm creating music that's not to be listened to. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> like you're, you're creating music to be yeah. ignored. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, don't listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Unless you're John Williams, then you're allowed to go, nah, 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 nah. No, but I, I, I asked that because you must know Kevin Valentine, who was who was the drummer, who's the drummer in, in Don Iris, and he played on Kiss Revenge and stuff. And, and I was talking to Kevin one time, and he says, Mitch, you don't understand. I sit at home. This week I'm working on a Tom Selleck movie. I punch in nine to five. I put in my drums. Then I go home. There's no touring. My dog's here. It's terrific. And he loved it. And so, so people, I guess that's just not for you. No, people absolutely. And I know tons of my friends that just love it so. Right. But I want to be out on tour. I want to, I love people. Right. You know, I want to see their faces. I want to hear, you know, uh, their stories. I you know, for some reason, I just love people and I love seeing people and I love being out on stage and I love um, catering and I love, you know, pulling up to the vent. Oh, I really enjoy it. I really enjoy it a lot. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, one time we spoke in the past, you you obviously told me about that David Lee Roth record, and that's become a story that's gone all over the internet over the years. He's announced his retirement. Um, what does that mean to you in terms of him announcing his retirement? Do, do, does part of you just sort of go, oh, come on, Dave, just stick around another five years. Don't 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 walk away. Well, listen, he he's been releasing songs that me and me and Dave have done, right every couple of months and oh so that's you playing on those stuff well, yeah. yeah oh okay yeah. and then there's a song i really hope he releases it's called nothing could have stopped us right and it is absolutely my favorite david lee ross song and not just because we work on it together but it is so good and so sincere but to answer your question you know these are our superheroes, you know, and they are human and they, you know, a lot of them are starting to retire and I think that's okay. You know, they've given us so much great music and so many amazing memories. Mm -hmm. And if they want to retire, they know, you know, and I think it's, 
it's good for certain artists to say, oh, I'm going to hang it up and things like that. And instead of us being upset and mad about it, I just feel like, you know, well, thank you for the music, the memories. Yep. And you can't be upset. I mean, you look at sports stars and you look at Nolan Ryan or or Roger Staubach and we're like, well, these are the greatest. And you look at, they gave us 10 years. Mm -hmm. Paul Stanley, David, they've given us 50 years, you know, so you you can't complain. You You can't fault them. You you can't complain. Um, Applaud them. A hundred percent. You've got Peter Chris on this, and it potentially could be his last recorded performance. Your friendship with Peter has gone back 20, 25 years, if not longer. Um, Talk to me about having him, having him on there and and the importance of having him on there and saying, you know what, Peter, let's let's one more time. Let's do this. It's it's true. Like, you know, I was talking to Peter today and Peter's. Listen, he's happy, he's healthy, he's playing drums, he's singing, and we have a bunch of songs together. And he wants to start working on these songs, and hopefully I'm not... Oh, Uh uh-oh, what happened? We lost him. He froze. John, you there? John's Wi-Fi froze. Yeah. Well, 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 while we're frozen, I'll just say Sinner. Oh. Oh, he's back. There he is. Yeah, you froze up there for a second, John. Did I? Maybe yeah. maybe that's a sign that I shouldn't be talking. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. Peter outside playing with your connection. <laughs> yeah. Peter's going, don't, 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 don't be, don't yeah. be spraying in there. So you've got oh, a no, bunch but... of songs together. Is that eventually going to be a collection of tunes? You think that it could get released? I, you know, I really think me just like knowing peter and how inspired he is right now and he yeah he wants to release music and i think wow. it's well and it, they're great songs too so i'm i'm uh i'm happy for him and i'm i'm helping him and and uh whatever he needs from me i'm always there for him mm-hmm. yeah, we, we, yeah i want to go back and talk about sinner really quickly because you talked to you mentioned you don't know, with the scoring and writing the difference. What's the difference between, say, coming up with something for Sinner versus a Rob Zombie song? Well, there's a lot less guitar solos. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. But it's with Rob, he's right there with me. Like when I, when we work on this music, Rob's right there. Like, you know, a couple you know, like a foot away from me going, oh, I like that or I change that or do this. So Rob is very, very involved with all the music and everything, the production, everything. He's He's got his, like, he's so focused when we're making a record. And I've worked with so many people, but he's definitely, you know, the top of how well you work with somebody, you know, just like you guys, you guys are like, Oh, I really get along with this guy really well. And I really like being around him and we have bounced ideas off each other. And that's how it is with Rob. We, we just work really, really well together. Mm -hmm. And um, with my instrumental music, what I did was because we had this lockdown and there wasn't much to do. So I just sat and played guitar all the time and was writing these songs. And I would take a song 
and I would rehearse it tirelessly. Like I would just work, 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 work on these songs because when I went into the studio, I just wanted to play them as a full performance. I didn't want to stop. And so I just would play like, let's say a week straight of just playing the song over and over and over again, because I wanted to just play it as a live performance. And I think that is an art that is being lost um, today. I said this before, but I was listening to old like music from the thirties and forties, everything that was recorded was a live performance back then. Yeah. Those guys had to be on their game. You know, they had to be they great. Had, they had to be great. Yeah. yeah. If you mess up, everybody in that orchestra is going to look at you and go, oh, boy, you know, uh, this guy's messing up again. You can't have that. It has to be just perfect. And, and that's what I tried to do because I had so much time on my hands, just like everybody else. I just wanted to get it as a live performance and that's how we did center yeah because I'm, I'm just thinking back to some of my favorite songs i mean you listen to like american witch or you listen to what and some of those like to me they're iconic riffs of the early 2000s and even today mm -hmm. it's like that den 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 and it, they're simple but they're so catchy and i'm just curious you know like when you and rob are writing there like does he come in with a melody or a song title and you are you sitting there with a, like playing that riff like that riff in what for example like oh my god it's so simple but it just catches you right away that's the magic, you know, just something that you can play over and over and over and over and over and not get sick of. Like Thunderkiss, you can play that all day and not get sick of it. Yep. But with how we write is, yeah, like me and Rob will, will start working on music and things like that. But on this last record, which is by far my favorite zombie record, I, you know, hands down, just my opinion, it's my favorite. The Lunar Injection Kool-Aid Eclipse Conspiracy, Mitch. Yes. Yes, of course. <laughs> of course. I suggested I suggested uh Rob Zombie new album. Oh. But, but so we on this record, the new record, he um had his vocals and melody ready. And he had basic music and then I came in and put the music all around his vocal and and it really worked incredible. I am so happy of how that turned out. And man, because it's so cool. I really, really enjoy that album a lot. And then we play these songs live and it's, it's just a blast. You know, I just am so happy that you know, I'm still doing it with Rob Zombie. It's like been 17 years or something. Yeah. By the way, you, you should call it the new album because the Everly Brothers had an album called the new album and to have that like that that visual with rob having one called the new album be like look at that you've got the cute one and you got the dark ones perfect <laughs> perfect after, especially after crazy record titles like that of it just new album yeah, yeah. well the everly brothers did it so why not um <laughs> let me ask you this the last time we spoke uh, in montreal you 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 were having your album coming out and you were putting out a, a video every month yes and you said to me, this is the way to do it because every month I'm in the press cycle. Every month the fans have something to look forward to. How did that pan out now that, you know, after the experiment, how did that pan out? That what, Was it a good marketing ploy? Was it, and, and is that something that you want to use again moving forward? I would love to use that because I do think that's really 
a good way to go. Because if I said, Mitch, you know, check out this band, you know, let's say the uh, the White Walls, right. uh, this new band, the White Walls, and you went, where would you go? You'd probably go to YouTube. Absolutely. First and, stop. Yeah. And then, like, you know, what a cool way to do it is, like, go, okay, cool. Here's a video for that. I would love to do a video for every song. It's very expensive. But, again, I really think people watch music nowadays, which is wonderful on our phones, on our computer, on our TVs even. You know, every TV has YouTube or Instagram or anything like mm -hmm. that. I think it's a wonderful way to do it. Everybody just watches music. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think that's also important, you know, with the live show, because like, you go see Rob and the, the spectacle is absolutely incredible. And it just elevates the music to another level. Even you, you know, you, you and the solo band, you've got the inflatables and you've got the, the LED Marshall lamp and you, you got the whole thing. And it just it elevates it. It attacks the yep. sensors. Yeah. That's it's, him. Visual. It's it's always been very important to me. So. We are going to make a new video for, oh, I haven't told this to anybody, so how exciting. Yeah, there you go. Great. For um, the song uh, Land of the Misfit Toys, and it will be the you know new video for the Record Center, and it will come out, not willing, but I believe it will, it will come out on the 29th, the day of the record. So it's um, it's really uh, one of my favorite songs on, on the album. It's really a lot of fun. Talk about a treat for Halloween. Right, I know, right? Or a trick. Oh, yeah. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's amazing. One last question before I go. I've always curious about this. Um, on the song American Witch, there's a really cool effect before the first verse on the high part of the guitar. It's almost like a tremolo-y kind of effect. What exactly is that? Can you finally tell me what it is? It is okay, so it's a chorus pedal, it's a boss blue chorus pedal. I think it's called Super Chorus, and it's so elementary. But I just turn all the knobs and it creates this really fast tremolo effect. So it's a super chorus boss pedal, and I just turn it all to 10. So if you have that pedal, it's a very common pedal, um, try that. And that's the exact sound. That's the tone. That's the tone. And, and I, I want to wrap up on this one because I know you're a huge music fan. You grew up on Kiss. You grew up on Journey. You grew up on Van Halen. And you've had a chance to work with Steve Perry and Paul Stanley and Peter Chris and the Scorpions. Do you go in there as sort of a kid in a candy store all excited or you just go in there and get to work? Like, What's it like to now work with all these heroes and they're seeking you out because they know... He can write a good song. He can do a good riff. And he's a fan. And he's a fan. What's that like to, you know, turn from the kid in the bedroom to I'm standing in a room with the Scorpions on Humanity Hour 1 and I'm going to write a great effing song for them? Here, here's the truth. I still can't believe it. I still think I'm going to wake up. Whoa, dude, I had this crazy dream. And now telling you guys this dream oh i wrote with these people and i played these big concerts and i was this well-known guitar player and i was on the cover of magazines and had records you'd be like whoa that's a pretty crazy dream huh. and so i am so thankful for this 
because when I was young and I was playing guitar, you know, some people are like, I'm going to be president of the United States and I'm going to go to the moon and I'm going to do this. I didn't have dreams like that because I don't know. I just thought that was like just crazy, you know? So I never thought I was, and I can't even say rock star. I never even thought I was going to be a well-known musician. I just wanted to play guitar and be a session guy. So when this, all these things happen, it's mind blowing to me when Nikki's like, Hey dude, you know, we're doing this movie, the dirt, and we need some songs, you know, so come on over and we'll do some songs. I'm like, okay. And then I get this, you know, record award and all this stuff. It says Motley Crue on it. And I'm credited with Mick Mars and Vince Neil and Tommy Lee and Nikki Six. It's like, it's, it's just, um, and the Steve Perry one, I mean, here's his comeback record, you know, 20 years he hasn't done anything, and he's got you doing Sunshine's Grey. Yeah, like, hello. <laughs> guys, it really is. It's a dream, and I, I, I'm shocked, you know, and even with David Lee Roth, you know, maybe it's, who knows if he's going to do more music or something, but just to be a part of that history, yeah. um, it really is a dream, and I, I can't believe it myself. Yeah, and 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 Steve Steve Perry is such a perfectionist that the fact that he kept you and said this is going on traces tells me just that's how good you are. Is because Steve Perry is super perfectionist. Oh, he's unbelievable, and I'll tell you, like we would be uh, getting ready to record or something or write something, and he'd be sitting right next to me. And he goes, oh, let's warm up. Let me warm up my voice a little bit. And we'd play some Journey songs. And it sounded exactly like the record. It, I'll never forget that as long as I live. Because mm. he's right here, sitting next to me, and it sounded exactly like the record. It, it was haunting. Yeah, I know. You're like, what, you're running tape during warm-up? He goes, no, it's my voice. What the... <laughs> <laughs> No, he's he's just great and yeah you know well, i interviewed him once years ago and uh, i asked him why he sort of got out of the biz and stopped singing and he says mitch you have to, you don't understand he goes my mom and dad died so i knew they could never see me again so i had no reason to go on stage again and i was just like wow and you know then traces comes out 14 years after that interview so He's wow. wonderful. a great person. Just yeah. a great person. Agreed. Love Steve. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, my buddy Trev Lukather, he worked on, we, he worked with Steve and with his band Lavara before they broke up not long ago. And he was telling me like all kinds of stuff like Steve would give him ideas in the studio and stuff. And he, one of the things he always told him was like, you need to play front row licks. Don't be wanking <laughs> off and going out of control on the fretboard. Nobody cares. If you want chicks in the front row flashing you, this is how you got to play. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Front row relics. That's what yeah. <laughs> I was like. That front row licks. Like uh, that should be. I think. Let me um, put this in for my new instrumental title of my new instrumental album. Yeah. Front row licks. Yeah. Get front that down. Front row licks. <laughs> you can have it. Yeah. Uh, consider hey, before, this my. Uh, before my... we wrap up, just real quick, since it's October, Shocktober's in full swing. Give us John Five's five essential horror flicks to watch for Halloween season. 
Okay, now I'm glad you asked this as well, because I am doing, um, me and my family and friends and whoever wants to come over, we do a, a movie at night. So it's like movie night. So actually, I'll pull up what we have. You have I'll an actual list in your phone. I love it. Okay. I'll tell you what movie was a real horror. Garbage Pail Kids oh from way God. back when. Oh, here we go. He's going to show us the list. Let's see it. Oh, there we go. See, <laughs> Halloween, Rob Zombie. All right, good. Carrie. Carrie's yeah, on let there. Him, let him read it out, Mitch. Quiet. Amityville Horror, The Exorcist, The Omen, E.T., which I like E.T. because they're trick-or-treating in it and all that stuff. Um, Rob Zombie's Halloween. Of course. Halloween. The Conjuring, The Shining, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which we did last night, which is great. Um, <laughs> All of the Vampire, which is John Malkovich, where he plays Max uh, Shrek in, like, from Nosferatu from the 20s. Mm. Great. The Others, uh, the, one, the Happening, that's on right now in HBO. So there's a plethora of movies that we're going through right now. That It's so much fun. It really is a lot of fun, but great pumpkin charlie brown all that stuff. <laughs> so you got the super over the top stuff and then you got the fun stuff yeah and of course all the uh universal you know dracula creature you know wolfman mummy all that stuff frankenstein all that great stuff the classics yep That's the classics love. there you go we're gonna have to slap all those on this month mitch it's the essential list we will and and go watch garbage pale kids worst movie i've seen in my entire life that's a fucking horror right there jesus christ <laughs> Sinners coming on October 29th. You can pre-order it now wherever music is sold and all kinds of cool stuff on John's website as usual. Uh, he's the king of yeah. merch, as I, as I like to say. Good stuff up there, so go check that out. John, it's so great to chat with you this afternoon. Uh, best of luck with this record. Next time you're in Montreal, let's, uh, let's hang. Absolutely. Um, listen, no joke. When I'm in Montreal, I, I'm going to hold this to you. Uh, pick me up and take me around to record stores because I love buying old Kiss records from uh, wherever I am. Dude, I'll bring you to Cheap Thrills. My buddy Adam, by the way, you go on Instagram. You need to follow my buddy Adam Quilty. Huge fan, buddy. All, the, all he posts is like old school punk and vintage horror shit. He's great. And uh, he was just at Cheap Thrills a couple of weeks ago and he walked in. He's in the used section and he, he, he's like, I didn't see this. It was a copy of Kiss Alive 2. And he pulled it out, and it had the original iron-ons in it. It had, like, everything, like all the goodies were in it, except the ace patch. Okay, but we cannot, you got to cut this part out. Yeah, you can't let people know, because I'll go buy it before you. <laughs> yeah, I'll cut it out. <laughs> no, no, I mean, you guys can obviously cut this out, but we're just talking right now. But um, with Kiss, in the 70s, Montreal, there was... So much great merchandise. There was yep. the, uh, the dolls, but they were in French. And they had the model van, and, not the model van, the remote control van in French. They had the puzzles. Like Montreal had the best Kiss merch. I'm yep. still for the. Um, it's I still the, have the Kiss dolls downstairs. I bought them in 77. Yeah. I have them from Montreal and they're fucking rad. So. Um, great merchandise there. Anyways, yeah, and no, and by yeah, the, we'll go look for that. By the way, and, and I'll finish on this. Uh, you gave me one of my greatest rock memories. The last time you played at the Piranha Club, you wanted to go outside to your bus, and you couldn't get there because you were, you had that sort of pimp look on. So you took my foreigner jacket and you took my foreigner hat, 
and you put it on and you snuck out the front door. Yeah, we Nobody had a clue as to who you were. And I was sitting in the bar in your pimp outfit. Yeah, and you, you were, were coming up to me going, hey, John. And, and then they'd look at my face. they go, you're, you're not, not John. Him. I'd be like, no. That <laughs> but, was a funny visual. Yeah. So, so so thank you for that. That was funny. You were in my, you were in my foreigner hoodie and in my foreigner toque. And <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was the greatest. So thank you for that. And yeah. uh, there we go. Merci. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Wonderful. All right, Cheers. John. Well, Chazzy, hey, before we go real quick, could you cut a quick ID just to say uh, you're watching the Jeremy White Show? Hey, this is John Five, and you're watching the Jeremy White Show. Perfect. Good. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Thank you. All right. See Cheers. you later, man. Peace. Bye.